Everyone in the world is going to forget that you're Spider-Man, except your girlfriend. Thank you so much. That... Oh my God, Ned. Okay, let's not change the parameters of this spell anymore while I'm casting. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I, I swear, I'm done. I'm done. Nah, but my aunt May should really know. <laughs> Dude, just stop talking. <laughs> Welcome back, Analysis listeners. I want to open up a magic portal and bring back in our superhero correspondent, Barry Irving. Barry, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, hey, thank you. Thank you. Glad to glad to step on through. I'm going to need you to breathe into this one, okay? Because this is your Super Bowl, I'm assuming at least. This <laughs> is... Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm sure you've been waiting for this movie for a long time, knowing you personally. Just breathe, breathe into this one, because I know you just want to get in there and, and attack it like a crazy Willem Dafoe uh, attacking multiple Spider-Mans here. So just, you know, just breathe into this one today, buddy. Yeah, I'll take, I'll t- I'm taking it in. I'm definitely, I mean, I will say as far as like the anticipation goes, I was actually like, kind of apprehensive for this because I, obviously I enjoy that character, but I really enjoyed the animated Into the Spider-Verse so much that it almost felt like we were getting like the live action version and that it might sort of undermine that last movie. But, you know, here we are. This, and I think we, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what we got. Yeah, and there was a, a really poignant line that made me think of you when Jamie Foxx was talking to Spider-Man and he sees finally sees Spider-Man without his mask on. And he says, oh, I was hoping you'd be black, but maybe there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. It made me, made me think of you and it made me think of that Spider-Verse movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and and that, that line definitely stuck with me. I, I felt like it was kind of just a... A joke line but it almost it kind of brought a theme that's pretty central to that spider-verse movie which is that uh anyone can wear the mask it sort of brought it gave a moment for that concept to this movie even though this movie was very much about peter parker being spider-man so yeah yeah that was nice it was nice and and man it's my brain is so all over the place right now I, 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 it's because I just saw this movie just a few hours ago. So we're, we're jumping on the sticks and I'm, I'm very fresh. I know you've seen it twice already. Very typically you'll see a, a Spider-Man project about four or five times if he likes it. So I'm sure you're going to be going. Yeah, to multiple I, may, things here. I may or may not be on Instagram dressed as Spider-Man. So. Okay, correct. Oh, and I, I guess I'll take this time to call myself the friendly neighborhood spoiler man because oh, yeah. it's going to be... <laughs> We're, this is this is a movie, I think, if you have not seen it, you should turn this episode off right now. I think this is a movie to go into as blind as possible, and I think you'll get the most out of it. Well, yeah, and, and it's because, especially because most of the, all the interesting things to talk about really started Act 2. And, and so let, let's start there. And, and first, like, this movie is insane. And, <laughs> like, insane. And I think... I'm I'm a little saddened about the internet and about trailers and just about what I knew going into this and and we we knew that 
Garfield was going to show up. We knew for about a year now that Tobey Maguire was going to come in, or at least you had heard rumors about it. And so you're, you're anticipating that. If I went in totally cold and those motherfuckers walked through that portal, I would have, it, it was, it was shocking to me, even with the knowledge that it was coming, I still lost my breath when Tobey Maguire stepped, especially Tobey Maguire stepped through. And yeah. I was just yeah. blown away by that. But that really starts in act two because act one is very much like Spider-Man meets Pokemon. He's just collecting these <laughs> bad guys. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, let's get to the motherfuckers. But once they get there, holy shit, was that an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely said a couple things that, that I definitely resonate with. It definitely, it's a clunky it's a clunky start. Like I enjoyed this movie very much, but it's not flawless by any means. It definitely starts off a little clunky and it really does get going with that, with those two appearances that you mentioned. You kind of, uh, Hollywood's uh, worst kept secret. Uh, the fact that, that these two, uh, that these two Spider-Men were returning to the franchise, but like, yeah, even though we're kind of waiting for it, First off, I, I saw it twice and the whole house went nuts for both, both of times. Them. Yeah. Both times. Mine too. And, Mine too. And like we we know that it's coming, but first off, I think it was set up so well where it's where it happens at a very low moment where we've just lost um Aunt May. So it's a very down moment. It is it's sort of exactly what we sort of need to sort of bring up the mood a bit. And then you also get this great payoff because there's this great rooftop conversation between all three of them about grief and mm -hmm. like I thought that was some of the best parts of the movie for me especially and I mean I don't know if you've got the clip from the tick tick boom episode where I'm where I'm saying I hope we're going to be talking about this guy in a couple of weeks but holy shit Andrew Garfield so good. was the MVP of the movie for me yeah. I, like Willem Dafoe was great but Oh my God. Like I was getting goosebumps with some of the stuff that Andrew Garfield was doing. Well, so two things that you're saying there that I want to yes. And first of all, I liked this one of all the Tom Holland ones. And I think Tom Holland's great as Spider-Man of all the Tom Holland's Holland ones. This one is by far my favorite because it's fucking dark. Like he finally has to go through some shit. That's not just, Oh, teenage stuff or like, like, like there's, there's the consequences of his life. There's finally real consequences with the people around him when he yeah. gets unmasked. So that's, that's interesting. And then, and then the death and the grief, like he hasn't really had to go through anything and they really put him through some shit in this movie. And so I liked the darkness here because it actually provided some real consequence and it raised the stakes. So I, I love that. And when, when you're talking about Andrew Garfield. I and or even just Willem Dafoe or even Alfred Molina or Jamie Foxx these weren't cameos like these men showed up and acted in this movie and like really fully committed and there there was some real character work being done that I did not anticipate I thought it would be one of those those typical times where they're doing some sort of nostalgia moment in a franchise and someone kind of blows in in Act 3 and says hello, hi, and goodbye, and it's just there for nostalgia. But, like, 
these guys like showed up, had significant screen time, and especially Andrew Garfield like really acted, acted hard. And I thought that was that was great for him because his his of the three different franchises, his is always the least respected, but he really showed that he, he was an, an excellent choice for that and with, with the right material, couldn't really sing. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can really tell. I mean, if you, if you read, like, interviews with him, he's, of the three, he's the biggest Spider-Man fan, and you can really tell that he has an emotional connection to that character with some of the stuff that he's given. And they even sort of throw some of the lines at it when they're having their little back and forth and he's talking about, yeah. man, I'm so lame compared to you guys. Yeah, you know, fucking Rhino. Wait, you get, you're the Avengers? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they oh, show yeah, how, like, he really never got a real fair shot at this character, even though he's been more than qualified to play it. Like, he's a great take on the character. I think, it, I think he suffered because he is more... I think he would have been great as like a post-college, early adult Peter Parker, whereas he got put in a position where they had to reboot and start from scratch and they had to get through these high school stories that didn't really match with his sort of interpretation of that character. And I mean, you get two movies and if you haven't really found it, you, you I don't really fault Sony for moving on with a new Peter Parker, but man, it it, he, it really kind of was like, bad timing for for Andrew Garfield so it was really it was really nice to see him get another stab at it and what a really nice moment for for his little character arc within this movie where you go back to you talking about grief and he's talking about how he was unable to save Gwen Stacy and then you have the Tom Holland Peter Parker going after MJ he gets knocked off by the beam or he gets knocked off by the Green Goblin and so Garfield's able to actually dive down and yeah. save MJ. and you see like the slow-mo looks almost exactly like the Emma Stone slow-mo and Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man too and you see him and he's able to make the catch and, and it's like this heroic moment but you can like see it on Garfield's face it's like ah this is what I couldn't do for my MJ yeah my he, he wears so much on his face and even Tobey Maguire like they all like you can see that there's a lot of baggage with with all of these guys and when they're sharing stories or when they're cracking the lower back and, and different stuff like that there's yeah. there's like real chemistry with the characters and I think the actors all executed it really well like it it felt it felt real it didn't feel forced it didn't feel fo- phony and I think that's really hard to be a movie that's self-referencing of all of these different historical chains and all of these different elements and it's making jokes on itself and it, there's there's a fine line where that can become incredibly nauseating and cheesy mm-hmm. and I think they, they mm-hmm. just did it so delicately I think they threaded that needle so well in this movie I really really enjoyed act two and, and all of those guys coming together and even there's a cool moment where you see like the differences in their skills like between the three different uh, threads where they're they're trying to solve how they're going to take down all these villains or or heal all of these villains and you've got the mathematical side of Tom Holland right and then you've also got like the lab coat side of Garfield yeah yeah and you mentioned there's so many there's so many different like 
Easter eggs, I guess, that happen, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not Easter eggs, that they're, that they're very much like earned. And it's that thing that Marvel has with specific movies that they put out done really well, especially their bigger like Avengers type pieces where there are so many moving parts and they all seem to have some sort of emotional weight or catharsis that comes from them. And I think this is a great example of that because there are a lot of it it's it's I'm not like I'm not going to I'm not going to bullshit. It's a movie of easter eggs, but they they feel like they are in place and they feel it the moments feel earned. And I think it's because they're real characters. It's not it's not this bullshit show up cameo. Like I'm so happy that they don't just dispose of Green Goblin on the bridge in the beginning. And it's like, ha, hi, Peter. And then all of a sudden something happens and he's fucking gone. And it's like, okay, one less guy to worry about. I like that all of these characters hang around and are integral to the conflict of the story. And all of them have a natural arc within this story while still referencing the past. Yeah, and especially like Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe they will switch from like ally to villain throughout this one movie. And it's in a way that feels natural and organic. And I also love that, like, even with as many moving parts as there are in this film, it's still at its core, a movie about Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And you mentioned how like up until this point, he hasn't really felt like the consequences of, of any of his actions and he's kind of been even even though tony stark has been dead for a couple movies now he's you still it still sort of felt like he's had you know this the the iron man training wheels on and now the way that this movie has sort of wrapped up we we can either never see tom holland spider-man again or we can see him start from scratch and give like if if we do get more tom holland spider-man which it seems like we're gonna get eventually It's going, it seems, I think we're going to get a, a more, like, I think Tom Holland's portrayal of the character has been true to the character, but, like, the circumstances haven't necessarily lined up with what that character is supposed to be. Like, they talk about, in different forms of that, in different interpretations of the character, they talk about, like, the Parker luck. Like, he's supposed to always be sort of down on his luck, never being able to make bill, make, make, make his rent. Um... And you see bits of that in the, in the Tobey Maguire movies, but we've never really gotten that from Andrew Garfield or or um, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. And now we're in a place where we where you're actually starting to see that you, especially with that last moment where he's like got the suit that he sewed himself. Like he's really gonna he, if if we do get more Tom Holland, it seems like he's in a place where he can really be that authentic, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Absolutely. He hasn't really been in the MCU until now. Let's go back to the villains. So you've got almost like bangers only. It's like going to a concert and it's just like only only hits, bro. You've got, well, I, I guess Sandman isn't necessarily a hit. He wasn't like the Sandman <laughs> and, the, and the Crocodile guy. Like those guys were were here and... and they were they were nice, but they were also kind of minor to this yeah. villain crew. They were for sure the secondary yeah. villains. So too. then you've got Electro, and 
and he was a he was part of that amazing Spider-Man run, so it wasn't a very popular movie. But you, Jamie Fox, like he comes with with some juice, no pun intended, some 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 electricity, just with the star power. But it's really the Doc Ock and the Green Goblin, like the first two that you see on the bridge. There, did you have a, a favorite revival here, a repraise of a villain? Um, I mean. You definitely laid it out. Like, it's like, it's definitely, I mean, it's it's the Willem Dafoe show as far as like, well, actually, before I even get to either of them, first off, you got to give a hats off to the CGI. I mean, like, it looked like they stepped right out of yeah the, the, the moments in those movies that they were taken from. Like, mm-hmm. they felt like they, like they were taken right out of, the 90s, the early 2000s, when those movies came out. So, for like, hats off to hats off to them. I love, I thought they were both, I thought Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe were both, I love that they let them range from this, you know, alter ego or, like, secret identity who was really connected to Peter and in some ways was a mentor in a way like the you found those those moments of tenderness with the real person while also finding that monster that they became and that duality yeah yeah I thought the yes the duality was really nice and it was and it, it was almost like a perfect opposite where like so first Doc Ock appears and then we t- you the nanotech the nanotechnology sort of takes control of his tentacles which was kind of rushed but whatever yeah and 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 now he's good and then but now we've got like Willem Dafoe is like searching for Peter and they sort of like flip-flop between who's good and who's bad in a way that was kind of nice and just sort of kept you on your toes the whole while and but actually, I honestly a lot of I know a lot of flack is being given to Jamie Foxx because he's not necessarily the electro that he was in those other two movies or the Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man two. But I didn't care. I thought it was cool just to see Jamie Foxx be Jamie Foxx. And I and I even there was a line that sort of motivated it where he was like he just sort of appeared in this universe and all of a sudden he was just a better version of himself and he almost like wants to stay in the MCU now to just be this better realized version of himself because he doesn't want to go back to who he was before. So I I really liked Willem Dafoe. He's so perfect as this character and when you see him in that hoodie when he's with Aunt May at the homeless shelter you're like oh that's clever. That's a little cute little zippity doodah there. It's like this kind of you're talking about easter eggs or winks and then you see him before that slightly before that that the moment before you saw that he smashes the mask so it's like okay and then when you see him go full green goblin and he's got the hoodie up and because because it's always been like willem dafoe looks like a goblin like the man that loved it loved to his his talent and he's a he's a rough looking man and he looks just naturally like a goblin just let the face do the work and it was so much fucking scarier it was i just was so into it and his voice just listening to him do the goblin voice again and, and bill Hader has an amazing impression of willem dafoe as the 
it was, it was making me think of that and laughing a little bit. But oh my <laughs> God, that that was so good. And like you said, like he really lets he really shows you both sides of Norman Osborne. I and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't doesn't Doc Ock isn't he kind of a good guy at the end of that Spider-Man two? Like, doesn't he willfully pull that machine into the water? Like, he does that, yeah. right? Yeah, so I think... I, I would have... I have to rewatch um Spider-Man 2 because I think the thing behind it is I think he's getting pulled not from the exact end, like, not necessarily... Or although he does talk about the moment that he got pulled, which I think did come at... I think he decides to do it. I think it's like a choice that he pulls that machine into the water with him. But, but anyway, yeah. I think he, I think, I think that's why he becomes the good bad guy first. Like he's the guy who yeah. makes that decision because he was, he's the only one of all the villains that chose the right path at the end of his movie. So it makes sense that he would be the one helping the Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. I'm wrong. You're, you're the one who knows more about some of this stuff. No, there, there's, there's just, I know, I think you are on to something. And, and especially in the fact that like, I think it would take much less to, as, as Peter Parker wanted to do cure Doc Ock than it would any of the others. Yeah. I so it makes he sense. Most, he had the most benevolent like cause. Mm-hmm. Out of all. So yeah, that, that does make sense. Another win I'll give this is, this is the first time of all these, and this is a criticism of the Tom Holland run here, is I've never believed the relationship with Zendaya the way that I really, like, truly believed the the passion with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst or with Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Like, I never have really bought into that relationship, and I think it's because she she's this she's got this wall up, you know, she's got this tough exterior, and she's she's always wisecracking, so you don't get that emotional pull to that relationship yeah. but you really feel it in this one like this one oh, yeah. it all comes down and, and i think that last moment at the statue of liberty is actually really beautiful yeah i and i honestly think some of that might be a credit to the original trilogy because this was really because like you said the first two movies like the first movie especially she's just this like sarcastic wisecracking character and then like the second movie it's very much a thing where like she's into someone else for some for like half of the movie but this is the first one where they're like they're sort of connected and there were scenes in this movie that you could really tell they were tipping their hat to the Kirsten Dunst Tobey Maguire relationship like they make her like work in a diner um, which wasn't in the I don't think she's works in a diner in the in the previous two which that's a nod to Kirsten Dunst and um there were just like ways that they sort of subtly showed the relationship between Peter and MJ a lot better in this than they have before I think to I guess some of my final thoughts on it are some of the things they did metaphorically playing the scene honest with the three Spider-Mens, three Spider-Mans, the three Peters, where there's a really nice moment that I caught where Andrew Garfield throws the serum to fix 
Green Goblin to Tom Holland and he and he puts it in his neck and he and he cures the Green Goblin and Holland goes or uh, Andrew Garfield goes great catch and Tom Holland goes great throw and to me that was like a the hey way, way to take this mantle and, and carry it on hey thanks for thanks for setting it up and, and tossing it to me correctly yeah. it, it felt like this nice little metaphor and then there was this really cool moment at the end when they know that they're going to go back to their own multiverse and Tom Holland is just thanking them for helping him on the mission but you and he like can't put it into words yeah and he can't put but it into words like it's this is what we do yeah, yeah yeah but really you know that it's also the actor Tom Holland thanking Toby and Andrew Garfield like thank you so much for setting all of setting the foundation for all of this success that is Spider-Man and thank you and 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 hug it up and i thought that that was it it felt like an actor thanking and, and it reminds me and get the siren ready Barry but it really reminds me a lot of going back for improv alumni shows in college when I would go back for that or just, just any sort of if you've ever had like an alumni experience where kind of people that have come after you are acknowledging or thanking the work that you you did before them um, it, it really reminded me of that in a, in a special way. Yeah, it was very it was very meta in a way that didn't feel forced. It felt organic and it felt real. And yeah, as a performer, you can kind of connect to it. And even with something as simple as like the way that it the way that the movie picked up right from the Far From Home um, cutscene with Jake Gyllenhaal giving the reveal of Peter Parker's identity, and it's like that moment turns uh, Peter Parker, MJ, and Ned into like overnight celebrities, like in an instant. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought like, it was just very, it was, the whole thing was very meta, but not in a way that made me say like, oh, this is so meta the whole time. I was just very much in it still. Yeah, it's just, it's it's traced. It's a slight tracing, which which feels natural. It feels earned, it feels, baked into the plot. And I, and again, I'll come back to all of these credit to all the actors for committing for the fans, for committing to their characters. They're not just cameoing. Like they came, they're actual characters in this movie, whether that's antagonists or protagonists. I, I really give a lot of credit. A- Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire just coming in and, and Andrew Garfield is just fucking so charismatic. Like just that first scene when he's, when he's crawling around, just all of yeah. the emoting that he did, I, I was just really, really impressed with him. I was impressed with Defoe. I was just so impressed. Not to, like, if I'm going to pick a nit, one of the things that annoyed me was Ned being able to open up portals. Yeah, yeah. They, they de- and that's definitely a part that was kind of rushed. Uh, yeah, I think... There's there's just some stuff with the magic, and that's it. It's it's all of the elements that I've never really particularly resonated with in the grand scheme of things when it comes to these movies that I just kind of just sort of let slide when I watch. But I definitely I, I get where you're coming from, and you know I guess we'll see where they go with that character because he might not. I, 
even yeah. show up. Well, he also his memory is erased, so I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's just like some characters don't have to have superpowers, man. Like he can just be a guy. Sometimes he can be in peril because he's Peter Parker's friend. He's got some computer skills. If if there's no realistic way to work him into the plot, then just find a find find a better way. Him opening up portals and not being able to. I thought that was really stupid. That that was yeah. I, I I I totally get it. But I think then at the same time it sets up like the best moment in the movie. Yeah, right. they're opening up the portals and bringing them in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So overall though, I was thoroughly entertained. I absolutely thought it was executed at a high level. I'm going to say it's my favorite Marvel movie. And I know I'm prisoner of the moment, ring double sirens <laughs> on that. But I, I really felt more jacked up and even more emotionally impacted by this. And it's probably because there's a nostalgia element to it but I felt more of that than I did when I was watching Endgame. Both were nice experiences, but I, I felt more emotionally connected with this one. And I, and I think for all the reasons that we've laid out in our conversation here. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to let some of the dust settle before I put it in any sort of ranking. Just go to prisoner of the moment town. Come on. <laughs> hyperbole. I mean, I it's the best it's, ever. I'm very high on it right now. So I, I, yeah. No, it's not top three, Barry. It's the fucking best. I need <laughs> you to put it on the table. I mean, it's 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 up there. It's I, it's the most fun I've had in the theater in a long time. I was way I, more hype when they walked through those portals than when all the fucking Avengers showed up at the last yes. the yeah. last fight scene in, in yeah. Act Three. Uh, I would agree and, with that. So then it wins. It wins the best. <laughs> it was funnier. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to remember more of this movie than I remembered from all seven hours of Endgame. Yeah, no, I, I... So then I win. Did I just convince you that it's the best? I, well, I'm, I'm still, I still gotta, I still gotta, no. I gotta let it, I gotta let it sit. No, I, I need this. It. I need confirmation right now. It's, it's, it's a great, actually, it's, a, it's a solid, actually, it's still between this and um, Into the Spider-Verse for me, honestly. Because this probably is going to be my favorite MCU. Yeah. It, it's, it, All right, it, he did it. Because <laughs> it really is, like, Spider-Man was already my favorite character, like, even before they started making these movies. And th it really is, like, the end game of not just MCU Spider-Man, but the Spider-Man franchise as a whole. So, yeah, no, it's... Right now, it's between it's between this movie and Into the Spider Verse for me. Well, Endgame was the end of that arc of the MCU, that ten year arc. But really, superhero movies, Marvel yeah. superhero movies, started with Spider Man, that original yeah. Tobey Maguire two thousand OG. And so, yeah, if you're if you're bookending that, the, the, the actual it spans deeper in time. I mean, Tobey Maguire yeah. he looks like he's over 50. twenty over twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so yeah, that I loved. Also, another great line delivered by winner of the year this year, Andrew Garfield. But when when he called him a youth minister, when he called Tobey Maguire, a youth <laughs> oh, yeah. great bits, all the good bits, man. Mm, delicious chewy bits. <laughs> Any final thoughts, buddy? Yeah, it was with great power comes great responsibility, and there was a lot of power that was used responsibly. Yeah, well said. Glad that it was delivered by Aunt May instead of Uncle Ben. They seem to be pretty, uh, yeah, the other yeah. Spider-Man. And I like how that, like, it, like, makes these, this trilogy kind of, like, the origin of the MCU Spider-Man. Like, like the, these three movies are kind of, like, the origin story now. And it's like, 
okay, we didn't have, we, they sort of gave you this sort of like kind of Uncle Ben, great power comes great responsibility the very first time we saw Tom Holland, but they didn't actually say it. And now they've actually said it. And now the lesson has actually been learned. And now it's like the next time we see Tom Holland, if we see him again, this is the beginning of him as Spider-Man now. Yeah, man. We said goodbye to James Bond in a, in a special way. I think we, we've done Spider-Man in a special way this year. So all in all, life is good, man. Life is good. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm with the people. I thank everyone for listening. Don't forget to wash your hands. Stay safe. And we'll see you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. Here we go. Self-insurance.